Hey everyone, welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast. Our prayer is that through this message, you will find the Father, a family, and a fulfilling future. Be sure to connect with us online at Cornerstone Church Social to keep up with all things Cornerstone. Thanks for tuning in. You know about yesterday. Yesterday was Give and Serve Day here at Cornerstone. Do we have anybody in this service who participated yesterday in Give and Serve? Anybody online? Put your hands up in the chat. It was an incredible, incredible day, uh, awesome time. So giving and serving, it's part of our DNA here at Cornerstone. It's something that we, uh, uh, we just do, right? We give and we serve. Uh, we do it in countless ways all year long, but once a year we plan a big all-together day to serve our community and uh, some also within our Cornerstone family. And so Give and Serve 2022 was yesterday. It culminated, now listen to this, we had just about 100 people participating, which that's incredible. That was our goal to hit 100. We had 100 people serving yesterday. We completed 17 projects, uh, which if you saw the video beforehand, we had tons of them from landscaping to nursing home visits. It, it was awesome. 17 projects accomplished, hundreds of people served, and this is so cool. We were able to partner with about seven local organizations and ministries to make this happen, so we weren't just doing it on our own. We were partner, partnering with other like-minded people in our community. So an awesome day. Tons of people served. The name of Jesus proclaimed. It was a great, great time. Can we give it up one more time for everybody? who served and given serve day. Already looking forward to next year. Already looking forward to next year. It's such an awesome time. Um, so today, today we are uh, in part two of our series, Come and See. Again, I'm so glad that you guys are here. Welcome to everybody on site and everybody watching online. I'm Jacob Young. I'm the lead pastor here at Cornerstone. Um, so one thing you may have noticed if you follow me or, or, or our church on you know, social media, um, our air conditioner gave up the ghost this last week. We've been having issues, that's no secret to you guys. Last week, last week, whatever, the air was kind of fluctuating and it went out. I had people come up between me in, in between services, like, man, I thought the sermon was just like really convicting you because you were sweating like a sinner in church up on the stage. Uh, it, it's, been, it's been warm and so, uh, what it is, it's, it's a control board that went out. Um, our AC units are actually fine. It's a control board, but it's a specific kind. Can't just run to Lowe's, can't just run to Home Depot and get a replacement for this one. Um, so we're waiting for it to come in. But in the meantime, thank you guys for being here. We've been trying to keep it as cool as possible, and it's actually not, not, too, not too bad right now, but you never know. It, it, it might get a little bit warmer during the sermon. We, we'll be sweating to the sermon, all right? That's what we'll do, uh, lose some weight while we're, <laughs> while we're hearing God's word today. Uh, last thing I'll say about the air conditioner, this is, this is just funny. We've, we've been talking about different things here at church that like, um, you know, whenever we're in these kind of building days, we're, you know, we're still small, we, we got this building, but we're getting ready to renovate it here with our Here and Now campaign, getting ready to add on. Um, and as we've been talking about it, some ministry partners, some staff members, board of directors, we've been talking about like the, man, there's some stuff that we're just going to miss. Like some stuff that we're just going to miss around here, all the like little things, you know, like if you've been a married couple for a while, you've been together for a while, you remember your like early days and like the little small apartment, you're like, oh, even though we've moved on to a better one, we still kind of remember that. That's how we're going to feel about a lot of things in the church. Like um, we hit, day one, we bought this place. We found a mouse in here, like a living mouse. Like he was peeking out of the corner over there. We're like, oh, he's kind of cute. 
Gonna have to kill him though. Gotta get him out. <laughs> Gotta get him out of here. Just can't have a mouse just running around the church. So we had the little mouse, and that was kind of cute. And we were like, "Oh, that's kind of funny that that's here." Um, our women's restroom. We have like a stackable laundry unit in there. Like if you've gone in there, you've seen it, and it's just like, "Oh, cool! I can like come to church, hear a word, and do a load of laundry. Like this is fantastic." Uh, that's kind of you know a little funny thing. And then the size of the building. We always joke about that. Like whenever people like, hey, have you seen so-and-so? It's like, well, if they're not in the auditorium, they're down the hallway because it's not that big of a building. Like, you really can't lose anybody in here. So, so, you know, just a lot of different things that we're like, oh, yeah, that we're going to miss these days. I say all that to say this. Let me tell you, I will not miss the air conditioner not working ever. Like, no, get out of here. In the name of Jesus, I want cold air. Like, I'm, <laughs> we, can, we can move on from the broken AC unit anytime. <laughs> But for real, thank you so much for being here today and worshiping with us. Like I was saying, we're in part two of our series, Come and See. This series, uh, it's just a short little two-parter, and we're looking at kind of what's becoming our new tagline here at Cornerstone, Come and See. You probably noticed it on our banner uh, out on the porch on your way in. This little tagline, how we kind of arrived at it, it was Easter Sunday after the service was over. I was talking with Maddie Higgins, uh, one of our ministry partners, and she's like, man, that verse that you read at the end from uh, John, John chapter 1, it was so good. That, that line when uh, uh, Philip says, come and see. He's, he's talking to his friend Nathaniel. He's like, hey, just come and see Jesus. She's like, man, I feel like that applies to our church too. Like this idea of just, just come and see. Like you're trying to explain our church to other people and you're like, yeah, we, you know, we had a church mouse and we've got laundry unit in the bathroom and the air conditioner is broke. I know all of these things, but man, just come and see what God's doing here. Just come and experience and see how Jesus is moving in the life of our church. And whenever I was talking with Maddie, I'm like, man, that, I think you're on to something. And so we, we talked and we spitballed with the staff. And so that's kind of like what we're moving forward with as our tagline is come and see. Just come and see what God is up to. But more so than Cornerstone, more, more so than what we're doing here, and I, I believe we've got some great things happening here, more so than coming and seeing Cornerstone, the real heart of what we want people to come and see is Jesus, right? Like that's the end goal, not for people to fall in love with Cornerstone, but for people to fall in love with Jesus and what he can do in their life. And so that's what we've been talking about. And last week, if you were with us um, or you weren't with us, I'm just gonna give a real quick kind of Cliff Notes recap of what we talked about uh, last week. So last week we talked about this idea that God isn't looking for lawyers, he's looking for witnesses, right? God isn't looking for a lawyer, he's looking for a witness. A lawyer makes an argument in a case, right? They argue the facts, they argue the case. God is not looking for that from you. When you are trying to get people to come and see what God has done in your life, you don't need to convince people, you don't need to argue with people, you don't need to debate with people, you just gotta extend the invitation. Just, hey, just come and see. Just come and see what God is up to. We looked at that from John chapter 1 where uh, uh, Jesus is calling his disciples and he calls Philip and Philip starts following him. Philip goes to tell his, his buddy Nathaniel, hey, we found this guy that I think is the one. His name is Jesus. He's from Nazareth. And Nathaniel says back to him, Nazareth, how could anything good come from Nazareth? This, this tiny little podunk town. How could, how could the Messiah come from there? And notice what Philip says. Philip doesn't argue with him. Philip doesn't try to convince him. He doesn't try to say, well, actually, this is how Jesus could have come from Nazareth. He, he doesn't try to do any of those things. All that Philip says in John chapter 1, verse 46, he says, come and see. Just come and see this guy. Just come and see this guy for yourself. Experience what he 
is like. And he did, and Nathaniel came and he had his life changed. And that's exactly what we wanna see happen here at Cornerstone. So God's not looking for you to be a lawyer to go and argue on his account. He's just looking for a witness, someone to just say, hey, I'll give you my account of what God has done in my life. I can't argue with you, I can't debate with you, but I just wanna tell you what God has done in my life. We also last week talked about the difference between what it means to testify and what it means to be a witness, right? Then whenever we talk about testifying for God, what we're talking about is what we say about God, that's our testimony. Our witness is how we live for God. So there's this difference, right? Testimony is what we say about God, a witness is how we live for God. And here's the thing, for us to be able to have a testimony that has any kind of power behind it, that has any kind of power that like matters, our testimony has to match our witness, right? You've seen those people. You, you've seen the people. Maybe that people has been you in your past where you're like, man, this is, my, this is my testimony. This is what I say about God, but my witness, how I'm actually living that out, it doesn't exactly match up. There's something off here. So we need to be a good witness. And today that's what we're gonna talk about, what it means to be a good witness, what it looks like to be a good witness. Now, typically we have one of two strategies that happens when people want to try to uh, be a witness for God, when they wanna invite people to come and see. And maybe this is gonna sound familiar because maybe this has been you in the past, but typically we see two strategies when people try to uh, uh, incorporate Jesus into their life and it, you know, kind of try to live it out. The first thing that we see is that people try to push Jesus into every situation, every conversation, every talk, every dialogue, right? Like the street evangelist who they don't even care who you are. It's just, hey, hey, do you have time to talk about our Lord and Savior? Like, right? They're just pushing Jesus into every single conversation. That's how some people tend. Now, the other side of the spectrum is the people who are like, no, I'm not a street evangelist. I'm a Facebook bio Bible verse evangelist. I, I say nothing about God. I say nothing about Jesus. I post a little Bible verse in my bio on Instagram, and I hope that Jesus just kind of rubs off through osmosis to the people around me, right? Because that's the most witnessing I'm ever going to do. I'm never going to talk about him. I'm never going to live like this is supposed to be lived out. I'm just going to do a whole lot of lip service. Now, what I would say is that either of these options, if you just tend towards one or the other, that's not good, right? It's not an either or. As with so many things in life, it's both. It should be both. We should do both of these things. Um, that's generally, like whenever we look at scripture and we try to create these dichotomies, this, it's either this or this. I wanna tell you so oftentimes, no, it's both. That's something that you find over and over and over again in scripture. It's not grace or truth. It's both, right? Um, today, I'm gonna be going to a Mexican restaurant for, for family dinner later tonight. When they come out and they ask, you want salsa or queso? You better believe, I'm gonna say, what kind of question is that? It's both. I want both of these things, like who, who salsa or queso. Like, I want both of them, right? And the same is true over and over in scripture. We see these things and we try to create these, these silly separations and we, we, we don't need them. Like, it's both. And it's both when it comes to sharing our faith. Yes, we wait. We wait for God-given opportunities, but at the same time, we work so we are ready when those opportunities come. It's both. If you're taking sermon notes today, our title for today is Work While You Wait. 
Work while you wait. And what we're going to be doing is just studying two sections of Scripture here in a moment, two sections of Scripture, and we're going to uh, uh, basically kind of make my case for why it's both, right? It's not one or the other. It's both. So where we're going to start is in Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4, we're going to be looking at verse 2 through verse 6. This is what the Apostle Paul says. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us, too, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I am here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. You see, one of the things that Paul is talking about here in this section of verses, one of the things that he is hitting on is this idea that you and I, we cannot force or fake a God-given opportunity, right? Like, we, we just can't do it. You cannot force and you cannot fake a God-given opportunity. Paul says here, again, he says, pray for us that God will give us opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. Sometimes we do need to wait. Sometimes when we try to force and push Jesus into conversations, especially with people who've just gone through a loss, a loss of a loved one, a loss of a job, and we try to, well, you know, this actually could be a gift from God. You know, this actually, there's a bright side to this. All good things come from God. Like, actually, there's sometimes when we try to force Jesus into conversations, it hurts more than it helps. We become a Christian bull in a china shop, and we hurt people. And that's what Paul is saying here. He's like, hey, look, I want you to pray for us that we would live alert and that God would give us opportunities. Not that we would force an opportunity, that we would try to fake our way into a God-given opportunity, but that God himself would open a door for us to step through. I, I see this happen. If you have your eyes open to, to look around and you're, you're trying to notice God, you see him all the time. You see just moment after moment where you're going, wow, that, talk about a God moment. Um, my, my mom... Uh, she had one the, the day that my dad passed away. It was January 20th, 2019. The night before, Saturday, we had a crazy bad snowstorm roll into the area. And it hit us hard. We were living in Cleveland at the time. Hit us hard. Um, hit Akron really hard. Hit us so hard that, get this, Cornerstone canceled our services in the morning. That's crazy. We never cancel services. I'm up here sweating like a pig because we have a broken air conditioner, but we're still having service, right? That's how Cornerstone has always operated. We always try to have our doors open. I honestly, in the 26 years uh, that uh, Pastor Brenda was the lead pastor, I can think of on one hand the times that we've canceled services in 26 years. We just don't do it. But the snow was so bad and the conditions were so bad that we decided, you know what, we're going to have to call them. We're going to have to call the services. We can't have them. We don't want ministry partners risking themselves trying to get to church. We don't want people risking themselves trying to get to church. We're just going to call it. Tell everyone, just enjoy your day at home, and we'll be back next week. So because that happened, because it got canceled, which it never does, it created an opportunity, an opportunity for my mom to spend time with my dad. My dad at this time, he had had, uh, a, he, his knee was all jacked up. He was going through rehab, trying to get it into a better place. And so he was at Pebble Creek, the advanced 360, the rehab part of Pebble Creek. Uh, and so my mom was like, well, hey, 
no church services. It's not a far drive, even though the roads aren't great. I can make it over and spend the whole morning with Charlie now. That's exactly what she did. She drove over there, spent the entire morning into the afternoon with him, just having a fantastic time getting to talk with him and love on each other and just get to uh, have this precious time together that they wouldn't have gotten any other way. They had no idea what was coming later that night, that my dad would pass away, that he would not be there any longer, that this would have been their last opportunities to have this conversation. You want to talk about a God-given opportunity. You want to talk about a door that only God could open. The same thing is true. I want to say this. I really want you to listen to this. The same is true with your witness, with you living for Jesus, with you testifying about who he is. God opens doors for you. He does. He opens doors. He gives you areas of influence with certain people. Maybe it's coworkers or friends or neighbors or family. He gives you influence and he will open up the door. You may try to force it. You may try to, you know, kind of make it happen on your own time, but I'm telling you, you can't do it. You can't force it. You can't fake it. There are certain opportunities that only God can give. I know that we've, we've experienced this in our own uh, church family throughout the pandemic. Um, obviously, terrible things have happened during COVID-19. I'm not trying to uh, sugarcoat that at all. But man, we've had people in our church, we've had marriages that have been saved in the pandemic. People who were like, man, me and my husband, we were on completely different pages. We hit the pandemic and it, it, it forced us to be together, forced us to have conversations we were putting off. And man, I, I know some bad things came out of it, but it was a blessing for us. It saved our marriage. We have people who <clears throat> now are in relationship with God because of it, who, who they, they had never thought about Jesus for a second of their life until suddenly everything that they thought was secure and certain came tumbling down. The world is thrust in this pandemic and they're looking for something steady. They're looking for a solid rock to build their life on. And they found Jesus in the middle of that. Those are God-given opportunities that there isn't a single person that could have forced any of that. That's just God. That's just God making the opportunity. You cannot force or fake a God-given opportunity. God alone is the one who softens hearts that you thought could never be softened. People who you thought, man, I can't believe, I can't believe they're coming to me to ask, to ask about this because I, I would have never imagined. You know, they've got a rough exterior. I would have never thought they would open up like this before. God alone can soften some hearts. God alone can create the circumstances that you never thought would come up, but he can make them happen. God can initiate dialogues and conversations that you never thought you would get the chance to have, but he can create that opportunity. We cannot force it, but here's the thing, we can pray for it. We can't force it, we can't make it happen, we can't fake it, but we can pray for it. Specific prayer, just like Paul, God, please give me opportunities. Give me opportunities to share about you. Give me opportunities to be a, a witness, to use my influence to point other people to you so that they too can come and see how good and how faithful you are. We're doing this right now, like I, I mentioned a little bit ago, we're in the middle of a building campaign. Um, it, it's, it's expensive. It was expensive before inflation hit, right? Like, it was expensive before that. So it's expensive, and we're killing it. I mean, we're, we're raising money in an incredible way, but here's what's so cool about it. We're, we're raising money from, like, a grassroots kind of way. Like, we don't have any gigantic donors who have come in and just written, like, a $500,000 check. I don't, ha I don't have those people in my phone book. 
You got them in your phone book. You come see me after service. We'll have a little chat, right? We'll exchange some numbers. But I don't have, I don't have those people in my phone book. So I can't force that. I can't fake that. All I can do is pray about it and say, God, give me opportunities. God, open doors that only you can open. Soften hearts that only you can soften. Create circumstances that only you can create. We can pray, we can ask, we can seek opportunities, but we cannot force them and we cannot fake them. And because that's the truth, here's, here's another thing. Um, because we cannot do them, they are God-given opportunities, that means we have no idea when they're coming. And sometimes we'll have no idea what it looks like too, right? Because it's a God-given opportunity, it's not a, a, a me-forced opportunity. When God gives opportunities, a lot of times we have no idea when it's coming, and I think that's on purpose. I think God likes it that way, and this is why. Because the best way to seize a God-given opportunity is to constantly live like one is coming. I'm going to say it again. The best way to seize a God-given opportunity is to constantly live like one is coming. God doesn't want us to just, you know, brushing ourselves up and live a certain way. Oh, the opportunity's coming now. Okay, now let me get my stuff together, and now I'll live how I should have been living this entire time. God wants us to constantly be living the way we're supposed to be living. And the way we're supposed to be living is like an opportunity is around every corner, because it could be. It could be. The best way to seize an opportunity to live is like one is coming. This is what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 through 23. Paul says, even though I am a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. When I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who follow the Jewish law, I too lived like, uh, like under the law. Even though I am not subject to the law, I did this so I could bring to Christ those who are under the law. When I am with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from that law so I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God, I obey the law of Christ. When I am with those who are weak, I share their weakness, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. Do you hear what Paul is saying here? Paul is not saying, you know, when, when I was with the Jews, I would try to act like one of the Jews for a little while to try to create this bond, and, you know, I'd try to relate to them. And then whenever I was with the Gentiles, I'd act like a Gentile. Paul didn't act like the Jewish people, didn't act like a Gentile, didn't act like those without the law. He lived like them. Lifestyle change. Paul adapted a completely different lifestyle, a lifestyle that says there could be a God-given opportunity to share my faith around every corner. So I can't just turn this off and on and act like this in a moment and then not in the next because I constantly have to be on guard because at any moment, at any moment, someone could ask about the hope that I have. Paul adapted his lifestyle to witness he never knew when the opportunity was going to come, and that's how God wants it for us. Um, we're, we're back in football season, right? Football season has, has kicked back on. Um, I'm so happy. This is just like my favorite time of year whenever football's kicking back up. Um, I'm a Browns fan, though, so you can be praying for me if you want to add me to your prayer list. All prayers are appreciated. Uh, but the Browns, they have, this, they have this running back. He's our third string running back, uh, Dearness Johnson. 
and he's really good. Like he, he's really good. He's he honestly he'd probably be starting for a few teams or their their backup running back. Um, but he has a, a really cool story. Has a really cool story. So uh, in 2018, he was an undrafted free agent from South Florida. That's the college that he went to. Uh, he didn't get drafted, right? The rounds one through round seven went, and no one picked him. Um, so he got an invitation to the New Orleans Saints to go to their mini camp. He went and tried out. They didn't take him. They, they're like, yeah, we're not going to sign you on. So after that, it's, he, he's now not been drafted. He went to a mini camp. They rejected him. So he's like, I don't know what to do. I got to pay bills. So he starts working on a fishing uh, boat like catching mahi-mahi and stuff, right? Like he's working on a fishing boat. This is crazy. So he does that. He does that for like a year. And then uh, there's a small little football league, like an independent football league that starts up in 2019. He decides, hey, I'll play for them. Uh, so he, he starts playing with the team in Orlando. The league folds after like eight games because it's like a new upstart football league and doesn't have a lot of sponsors or anything like that. So the league folds. He's out again. Like, well, I don't really know what to do. But because he had been sending his tapes, because he had been in contact with teams all around the league, he had been staying in touch, sending them video, he had been keeping himself in shape, the Cleveland Browns contacted him and signed him, signed him to be on, on the team. So he, he connects with the team. But even at this moment, he connects with the Browns, he still isn't very utilized. So his first year with the Browns, 2019, again, there are at this time 16 games in a season. You know, want to know how many carries he had? How many touches at a running back? A, a carry? Four. Four. Over 16 games. That's like an average of one carry every fourth game, right? Like that's not good. So still didn't really get utilized. Still in danger of getting uh, cut or just let go. The next year, he had a few more. He had 33 carries in 2020. Still nothing great. But last year, 2021, was his busiest, most productive season yet. He had 100 uh, uh, carries this last year. And the biggest moment of the season came when our running back was out, our starting running back was out, our, back, or our, uh, uh, our starting quarterback was out. We're playing a Thursday night game, national TV, and Dearness Johnson, this guy who's had four carries and 33 carries, suddenly they're like, hey, you're starting. <laughs> Have fun, national TV. If you don't do good, Adios, muchachos. Like, you're, you're probably going to be out of here. But he balled out. 22 carries, 146 yards, and a touchdown. The whole reason the Browns won the game. He won the NFL's Best Rushing Player of the Week award for that week. Honestly, that moment has propelled him to not just continuing to be on the Browns, but the next time he's up for a contract, he's probably going to get paid pretty well, either by the Browns or by another team, because he has showed how skilled he is. Now, here's the thing. The whole reason this has happened, the whole reason he was able to show out on Thursday Night Football, the whole reason he's going to be able to get a contract going forward, the whole reason is because he acted like an opportunity was just around the corner. For years, for all of 2018, for all of 2019, for all of 2020, acted like, you know what? At any given moment, I could get my shot. At any given moment, there could be an opportunity for me, and I will not waste it. I will not squander it. Let me tell you, there is nothing, nothing more heartbreaking in your life than getting past a missed opportunity, looking back and realizing it. That can break people to look back and go, oh, my word, I had, I had no idea what that was. I was living just this kind of way, not realizing God was going to open that kind of door for me, and I missed it. I squandered it. I didn't seize it when I had the opportunity. 
I, I can't tell you enough, always be ready. Just always be ready. You have no idea when God is gonna bring something your way, when he's gonna bring someone your way, because you're constantly being watched, right? We talked about this last week, talking about legal jargon. We were talking about testify and witness and all stuff last week. You wanna keep that going into this week. You are always on the stand. Like you're always on the witness stand, just 24 seven. There are people constantly watching you, constantly listening to you, constantly refreshing your social media feed, right? Like there are people following you, people watching you, and how are you witnessing to them? What are they seeing through the way that you live your life? Are you a person that God's like, I wanna give that person opportunities. I wanna give this person the chance to influence more people. Are you someone who is saying, oh, can you get off the witness stand? You are devastating my case. I can't have you up here anymore. The people that God wants on the witness stand are the people who are living like an opportunity is around every corner. That's who God wants to give influence to. That's who God wants to use. People who are constantly living like an opportunity is coming because it is. <laughs> It is, I guarantee you, every single person in this room, you can think of at least one time in your life where you're like, yeah. Maybe you're not even a Christian, but you're like, eh, that was a pretty coincidental opportunity that popped up. I wouldn't call it God, but that seemed pretty, pretty crazy that that opportunity came up. We have no idea when they're coming, so that means we need to constantly live like they are. So quick recap of where we are so far. So on one hand, on one hand, um, we can't force or fake a God-given opportunity, right? Like we can't, we can't do it. You just, you can't manipulate it. You can't manufacture it. You cannot force or fake a God-given opportunity. And then on the other hand, the best way to seize those opportunities when they come is to constantly be working like they're happening right now, right? To constantly be working for it. So you know what that means? It means exactly what we stated at the start of the sermon. It is both. <laughs> it's, it's both. It's not either or, it's not, well, I just, I just work and I work and I create my own opportunities. And that's what, no, you don't. Maybe some, but those God-given ones, those ones that are like once in a lifetime, once in a generation opportunities, you don't create those. God does. So you can work, work, work all you want, but you can't force it. You can't manufacture it. You can't fake it. You just got to pray for it. But on the other side, that doesn't mean you just sit on your hands and just... Like, just biding my time until I get in that opportunity. Just biding my time until God brings that person my way. No, I'm going to work as if that person could be here in the next few minutes. I'm going to work. I'm going to be the kind of person that I know I need to be. I'm going to live out my life as a witness because I never know when the opportunity is coming. Both of those things are true at the same time. They walk hand in hand. Yes, we wait, but we work while we wait. Uh, the leadership board, the uh, board of directors here at Cornerstone, years ago, whenever we passed our resolution with the congregation to purchase property, we worded our vote in a very specific way. So whenever we worded the vote, we asked the congregation, will the congregation give our board of directors authority to move and purchase a property uh, with, that's $450,000 or less? Like, can we just go ahead and get that voted on? Our congregation voted, overwhelmingly said yes. Now, the reason we worded it that way, very nonspecific, was because if we would have specifically mentioned the property that we were wanting to buy, which at the time was the old uh, Anthes Prime 93 on uh, Manchester Road, that old building, if we would have just said, hey, the, we're seeking authorization to purchase this property, 
once we didn't get it, which we didn't, then suddenly that vote, it's done, it's over with, it's null and void. So next time we want to do a property, we have to come back and do the exact same thing. We have to notify the congregation, we have to send out papers, send out all this different stuff. That's time-consuming stuff. And if you know anything about real estate, it can be on the market and pending the same day, right? There's some stuff that the moment the, the sign goes up in the yard, it doesn't even say for sale. The first sign says pending, right? Like it goes that fast. It goes that quickly. And so our board no, knew that. And so our board was like, no, we want to make sure that we get a generic license to be able to purchase anything this amount or less so that if a property opens up, we can strike on it. We can buy it immediately. We don't have to wait and go through this whole process again. And that's exactly what we were able to do with every other uh, property that we put in a bid on and eventually leading to us getting this one. The whole reason was because we were able to act quick. We were able to act fast. And the moment that opportunity came, we were able to seize it. We worked while we waited. right? We worked while we waited, and that's exactly what God wants us to do. Work while we wait. It is both. It's both. Yes, sometimes you do need to kind of put Jesus into conversations. You can't just, through your whole life, hope that people just pick him up. Just maybe people will notice if I wear like a, a, a cross chain, I'm a Christian, and that will make them, you know, join up. Like, you can't do that, like your whole life. You, you do need to Proclaim Jesus from time to time. But on the same token, it's not all on you. You need to pray for God-given situations. Pray for God-given opportunities. It is both. It is both. You see, when we look to testify, while we look to testify for God's goodness, we need to be living as a witness for God's goodness. So while we're looking for those opportunities, we need to be living the way that we're supposed to live in the meantime. I love, this is uh, Bruce Wilkinson. He's a pastor and author. He wrote a book called You Were Made for This. And one of the things he talks about, it's such a beautiful illustration of what we're talking about today. Um, he talks about how in his wallet, he bought a specific wallet, it had like a little separate pocket in it, and he would regularly take money out. He would budget it with his wife. He'd take money out and put it in this pocket. He jokingly called it his God pocket. And what he would do was as he would get ready to head out for the day, he would just pray to God, just God, give me an opportunity. Just give me an opportunity. Give, give me, if there's someone you want me to talk to, if there's someone you want me to give this to, just give me a nudge. Please just give me a nudge. It's just something, it's just subtle, just so I know it's you. And that's what he would do. And I'm telling you, as you read his book and as you uh, listen to some of his sermons, see his ministry, you see how incredible God has moved in this guy's life to be able to impact other people. And what's crazy is he wouldn't just constantly put the same amount in there. It wouldn't be like 100. Like some days he would just take what he had left, like $55, like kind of an odd amount. And he said it would be insane how many times he would be out. He would see like a, he'd be talking with like a cashier as he's getting ready to check out and just feels, you know, the, like the nudge. He's like, I don't even know how to word it. It wasn't like God said, Bruce, this is the time. Like it wasn't anything like that. He's like, but it's just like an invisible thumb in your back where you're like, okay, yeah, I, I, I see it. I can, tell, I can tell she's distressed, something's wrong. And so as he'd be checking out, he'd say, hey, I'm, you, you doing all right? I'm just seems like something's kind of off. And how many times the person would just kind of start to tear up and be like, yeah, <laughs> things, things are hard, uh, things are difficult. And as he was talking, would be like, is there anything, like what, what would be a blessing to you today? And the person would say, honestly, I need 55 more dollars to be able to make rent. If I don't have it, I'm out. And he's like, what? <laughs> I have exactly $55 for you, like exactly. 
He's like, this stuff happened constantly in my life. And he said, and the reason that he believes that it happened was because he was working and waiting on God. He was, you know what, God, I'm going to be ready. I'm going to make sure I have something in here. I'm going to make sure I have something to be able to bless somebody, especially something like that financially, because it just opens up people's hearts. It instantly makes them know, like, I mean, talk about a way to witness. Like, what? you have a specific pocket in your wallet. You budget out money just to give to people because you, you think they may need it. Like, who, who does that? <laughs> like, who are you? What, what has happened in your life that's making you that aware of other people, that you are literally walking through your day not worried about what can I get out of it, but God, who do you want me to help today? Who do you want me to bless today? Who can I be praying for today? People see li people living like that, and they want to know what is different with you. Wh like, how do you have this kind of hope? How do you have this kind of hope and this kind of, this kind of joy in life that I don't see from anybody else? We work while we wait because we never know the moment God's going to give us an opportunity. I'm going to ask the worship team if they would come back up on stage. And as they do, I want to let you know what, what Bruce was talking about, that prompting from the Holy Spirit. You can have that happen in your life. It just takes being in regular conversation with him talking daily to God, praying, journaling, worshiping, doing whatever you need to do where you are just constantly encountering God and allowing him to speak to you. And I promise as you do that, as you are walking the way that you should walk, and as you are, are working the way you should work, and as you're waiting the way you should wait, praying to God, saying, God, help me to be uh, conscious to the opportunities that you're giving me. As you do those things, I promise you doors are going to open doors are going to open. People are going to take notice. The people who have been watching you on the stand, they're going to take notice and they're going to want to know what is so different with you. Why do you have joy when everybody else seems to be down? Why are you an optimist whenever everybody else seems to be waiting for the other shoe to drop? Why are your posts the only thing on Facebook that seem to be uplifting where everybody else is just constantly tearing me down? What, what is the difference here? And it's in those moments you can let people know it, it's because I've experienced the goodness of God. That's why. I, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to try to debate you. I'm not going to try to convince you. I, I don't want to do any of those things. I just want to share my account. And my account is that I have come and seen a God who is good and a God who is faithful. And he has completely and utterly changed my life. I, I can't make you do that. I, I would love to see you do the same thing. But you just got to come and see Jesus. Just come and see him for yourself. I want you to be able to have those experiences. I want those experiences for myself. And here's the thing, it's like we talked about last week, an invitation is only powerful if the person you know has experienced it themselves. <laughs> we joked last week about crumble cookie, right? Like the only, the only thing that makes sense, me talking about it and telling people to go try it, is that I've tried it myself. Like I know it's good. It'd be weird if I was telling people, go check this out. And they're like, what's your favorite flavor? I'm like, I don't have one, never been there, right? Like this only works, worship, uh, witnessing, and testifying to God's goodness only works if you're experiencing it yourself. It only works if you're experiencing it yourself. I pray that you experience it because there's nothing like it. If you would, let's stand and let's worship our God who is a good, good God. Well, that's all for this week. Thanks again for joining us. If you'd like to contact us or find out more about our ministry, head over to our website at cornerstonechurch.info. Have a great week.